You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. How you doing, Dad? Good. Finally, let's get. We're, we're going to try to speed run this with our guys so we can get people some quick content. Uh, get our, you know, our kind of hot takes on our guys that we like more than anybody else out there, and then you know, really dive into the event we've all been waiting for. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll we'll start out. I I guess at the quarterback position. Do you have any guys that are just like your guys at the quarterback position? I would say mine is Sam Howell. Um, and I think I've talked a lot about, I mean, I've talked a lot about the quarterback class and my reasoning for that for him specifically is I think that he is kind of that midpoint between uh, Malik Willis's like high risk, low floor and Kenny Pickett's high floor, low ceiling. Like I think he offers a little bit of what both those prospects have to offer. Um, but he's also very young. So he still has a lot of time to develop. Like he's one of the few like true underclassmen in this class. Um, and I think that his 2020 film is more representative of who he is as a player. And I think that whatever team gets him, like could low key be getting their franchise quarterback of the future. Yeah, no, um, he, he was my number three player as well. He would be the guy. I think I am higher on consensus as well. And I completely agree a uh, budget Baker Mayfield. Uh, I, I know it's the common comp, but it's a comp for a reason. I, I was listening to something and I heard like, and they were talking about like the Seahawks taking him and like he does play a good bit similarly to Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah, because he is a better runner than Baker yeah. is as well, yeah. more mobile. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh yeah, I, I could see that being a fit. And uh like I, I had heard some or I mean obviously had heard some about uh the Lions being interested mm-hmm. at 32 and or 34. Um John Dorsey. Uh, the uh, guy who drafted Baker Mayfield at number one overall is uh, in that front office. Um, mm-hmm. So I can see why he would like him. He loves those type of guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I could definitely see that running back. Who do you have? Uh, let's see. Uh, you know what? Why don't you go? Cause I think I know exactly who your guy is. So oh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You just go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damian Pierce, physical, physical monster. Uh, he is my number three running back in this class. I absolutely love him. He runs hard. He is just a absolute Mack truck. And I think he can provide a little bit as a, a receiver out the backfield. I, I think overall, he's just a going to be one of those, you know, late third, early fourth type guys who goes in and can be a starter, get uh, half of the snaps in the backfield uh, for a team and be very, very productive throughout the course of that rookie contract. All right. So mine is guy pretty, I think we'll go in a pretty similar range is Tyler Beatty uh, running back out of Missouri, a very undersized five, eight, one ninety seven, um, but very effective in an outside zone running scheme. And he's an excellent receiver can even give you some return ability so he can, you know, he can start off his career as a, as a third down back, you know, play special teams as a returner offers a lot of value in that way. 
Um, not sure he can be an every down back, but given his size, he's got a surprisingly good amount of like physicality, at least with finishing his runs by falling forward, despite being so small. Um, one super deep cut that I want to give out those BJ Baylor, who's a running back from Oregon state who has really flown under the radar, like absolutely no buzz around him. Um, another like pure outside zone guy, but I caught a few Oregon state games this year and man, he's really good. <laughs> and he's, I don't think he is like a great pass protector or receiver or anything, but just like, you know, if Shanahan can get like, use a seventh round pick on this guy, like he's going to run for a ton of yards. Yeah, no, I, I did not get the t- chance. That's, to that's watch fine. Him. He's, he's, he's a major deep cut. I don't think most people <laughs> even know his name. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so uh, receivers, I'll go first on this one again here. Um, I just want to shout out. We talked about uh, all these guys in the last episodes. They're uh, they're guys I just have a little bit higher than consensus <laughs> on. So I'll just shout them out here: Kyle Phillips, John Mechie, and Alec Pierce. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I again, Phil uh, Pierce is that developmental X. Uh, would love to take him in the third round there and let him develop there. Mechie, I think, can be that. Uh, Mechie and Phillips are plug and play slot receivers. I think Mechie has a little more. Uh, wiggle and i think he's a more developed uh, route runner at the time but i think phillips can get there he just needs to work on that route pacing and isn't as good with the ball in his hand yeah so mine a guy that i mentioned earlier on in the Rogers podcast was isaiah weston from northern iowa who is kind of a a christian watson light or you know the hipsters version of uh did I say Justin Watson? I meant uh, Christian Watson. No, I think um, you said Christian. Okay, never mind. That's another receiver who was kind of honestly very similar to Isaiah Weston. But uh, Isaiah Weston, uh, very interesting receiver, like big X receiver, 6'3", 214. Um, basically, just a lot of what Christian Watson does as a receiver, but just maybe a little more refined as a route runner and tracking the ball down the field. So I like him as a day three pick, uh, as a value uh, version of Christian Watson. Um, and then the other guy I mentioned was Trey Turner from Virginia tech, just super well-rounded doesn't do anything super well, you know, not doesn't have, doesn't have like elite speed or uh, great physicality or is, you know, this elite route runner, but just does everything really well. Uh, just finds ways to get open. Um, you know, I think that he's going to find a nice little role as a wider zero four in the, for, in the league for a long time. Uh, yeah. Uh, moving on to tight end. Next um, is uh, I, I'll sh- I got a top guy and then a deeper cut guy. Uh, mentioned them in the tight end pod. Kate Otten, my number one tight end. Um, I, I just absolutely love his ability with bonus hands. And again, he's a good blocker. Um, some of the people there also really high on Otten love, love his blocking. Think he's like an elite blocker. I think there's better blockers than him. Uh, but uh, he is a good blocker as well at the tight end position and uh again just very very good with the ball in his hands and a deeper cut lucas kroll um this is just a you want to draft athletes at the tight end position he is a big athlete with a insane catch radius uh and he has production he doesn't have the uh he doesn't showcase a lot of the skills that you would like to see but again this is just a project tight end who you know i have like a fifth round grade on him but i think you get him like a udfa maybe a seventh round pick and you just throw him on your practice squad for a year and try to develop him 
Yeah, and then he'll be all be like 29 years old. <laughs> yeah, listen, he is old, but like you're you're looking for hopefully he can come and develop for a year and then be uh play out his rookie contract. Uh well his if you draft him in the seventh, yeah, just uh play out his rookie deal. Yeah. Uh my guy at tight end is Charlie Kohler from Iowa State, who you know has I would say it kind of fall into the wayside in this tight end class as you know kind of crazy athletes like Jelani Woods have risen up uh like I, I said in the tight end pod you know I just really like I think that he's it's hard to like define exactly his athleticism you know it might end up being not NFL caliber I think it is and I think that he's going to be a solid all-around tight end that can do a lot of things for you I also just like nerdy players who have like 4.0 GPAs in weird majors so uh just like my big nerds <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, it, I, I was a bit lower on him, but I know yeah. uh, you you were a big fan of him. So mm-hmm. uh, moving to tackle, who do you have at tackle? Um, I guess like by default, it's I guess Sean Ryan was a guy I really liked uh, when we talked in our tackle pod. Um, I, I A lot of people think he'll have to play guard because of his length. I didn't really see anything on tape that made me think, oh, he has to kick inside the guard. I thought he was able to play tackle. No problem. I was handling his duties in pass rush and as a run blocker, very tenacious run blocker, really loved his pass sets as well. Um, in terms of a later round guy that I like, uh, I'll go with Matt. Well, let's go from North Dakota. Um, you know, has all the size, the length that you want out of a developmental tackle. I think, you know, if he just, you know, sits a year, gets, and then can adjust to an NFL practice schedule, uh, NFL players on like while practicing, you know, maybe the next year he can come in and take a starting job and be a starting left tackle for a pretty long time. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like, ugh, I don't love this tackle class, but, uh, Gene DeLance is a developmental guy. He has the athleticism and movement skills and has the length is a bit shorter, but has 35 inch arms, uh, could kick inside to guard. Uh, I guess like the big guy where I, just Charles Cross, like having him as OT2 is a bit over consensus. I think most people has a, have him as their three, but like, yeah, I don't, I see this as a fairly chalk uh, offensive tackle class. Um, who's your uh, interior guy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would just be disingenuous for me to say anybody but Zion Johnson. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's going to be an immediate starter at guard with whatever team takes him he's going to play for 10 to 12 years and he's going to be an all pro for at least, or sorry, not all pro and a pro bowler for at least half of them, maybe make an all pro team or two. Um, just super well-rounded player, ex- extremely strong, extremely reliable in pass protection, able to execute pretty much any run scheme you throw at him. Uh, super smart player and just can do everything super well. Uh, Zion Johnson is like, I have to pick Zion Johnson. <laughs> Yeah, I also love Zion Johnson. He's my, uh, I'm not, I can't bring up my overall board. I don't have it up, but uh, on offense, he is my number three offensive player. Um, So I, I love him as well. Um, But uh, my, my guy I'm going to pick Ed Ingram, just a solid starting guard out of LSU. I could have picked, there's so many of these guards that are just like plug and play starters. You know, they may not be pro bowlers, but you're getting a guy in the third, fourth round that you can just start. And I know Ingram has all field issues. I just thought he was the higher caliber of uh, these type of players in terms of on-field uh, production. 
But uh, again, there's just so many of these guys that are plug and play starters, Ingram, Parham, Jurgen, Salier, uh, Ryan. I think all those guys are just plug. I know some people, including you, like Ryan at uh, tackle. I just, I think the NFL is going to see him as a guard. So Mm -hmm. I grade him out as such, but uh, I think those are all plug and play starters. And I think this is, that's where the day two depth comes in is on this uh, interior offensive line. I think it's a lot better than the tackles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who's your uh, interior defensive line? Uh, I think it might honestly be par- I, I have a lot of guys like early on in this class. Uh, one, I think my later round guy would probably, it's probably DJ Davidson, honestly, overall uh, nose tackle out of Arizona state. I remember watching him. I think we talked about him on this pod, actually one of my, earlier episodes yeah we we did very early on yeah and i was like yeah and i was like this dude is really good like he is a you know dollar tree version of jordan davis and obviously you know jordan davis is gonna be a first round pick but you know in terms of like the the true nose tackle stuff that you want out of jordan davis dj davidson gives you all of that like he doesn't have the elite like one tech quickness that davis has but he can two gap as a nose tackle with the best of them uh really like that ability you know for a team that needs that true nose you know for the few teams that still run a true three four that's your day three guy yeah and uh for for me i I do want to shout out travis jones uh i think Mm -hmm. i think he's a very good player and uh couple uh deeper cuts we'll go with uh the like day three type guy first uh chris chris henton Mm -hmm. uh talked about him before he's just insanely strong hands needs to develop a lot of other stuff around his game but he has him and this next guy uh both have strong hands i've been talking about this guy he is about he's like two years older than me at this point he's like 24 uh jordan williams uh from virginia tech i think he's technically in this draft he's going to be a udfa for sure he's not getting drafted Mm -hmm. i think he could stick like like there's the work I think he has he's going to have there's been up and down reports in terms of work ethic some people think he have reported he works very hard some other people have noted that as a concern he hasn't necessarily developed well but uh no he's a guy who can just be very strong and be very good in the run game and he he did a good job especially early on this year again uh just transferred to Virginia Tech and in that North Carolina game Going back and rewatch, he did a good job of pressuring up uh, in terms of pushing back the pocket, um, which uh, obviously Sam Howell struggled mightily in that game. Uh, but uh, no, that was uh, that was a very very interesting game to watch, and I think he just has the ability to be an undrafted guy that sticks on a roster for a pretty long time. I have one more IDL take that is pretty hot. And I think that in three years, we'll look back at this class and say, why did we let DeMarvin Leal fall as far as he did? Ooh. I'll just say that. I like it because he is going to fall. Yep. And it's it, going to, and I don't know exactly how or why, but I just think it's going to be a mistake. <laughs> so, so like, here's the thing. I think he's definitely my IDL five. Mm-hmm. But that's not saying anything negative because I like the top five. Yeah. Yeah. But I, like I I think obviously his uh 2020 was better than his 2021. 
mm-hmm. which isn't ideal for any prospect, but like he still had that 2020 season. Like we yeah. can't just ignore it. Yeah. I think, I think, I think hopefully he lands with the right team and I think they'll get something really special out of him. So I think that he's, he's going to be one of the biggest steals of this draft, honestly. Yeah. And I know people are concerned the pro day 40 time, all of the, yeah, I don't know. I don't know know what what. the heck happened. Did they have like a 42 yard 40? Yeah. (laughs) Running uphill. They're, they're the inverse of Penn state. They got all that money uh, to build the facilities and they added on some extra yards to the field, which ended up biting them in the butt. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't know what went on there, but, ugh. but uh, let, let's move on to uh, edge rushers here. All right. I got, two, I'll do two guys. So my number one guy, man, not, not my number one overall, but my guy is Jermaine Johnson out of Florida state. Uh, I know he, like people are, Oh, he's just, he's a great run defender and needs work as pass rusher. I think he's a great pass rusher already. Like I watched him absolutely demolish Boston college, like almost single-handedly this year. Um, I think he can really do it all. Uh, I think that it's, I th- he's kind of interesting. Cause I know some people love him and other people are like, I don't even know if he should be a first round pick. I think he's really good. Um, I think he's got everything you need to be an immediate impact starter in the NFL. And then my later round guy is D'Angelo Malone from Western Kentucky, who undersized edge rusher, but was just stupid productive at Western Kentucky for multiple years, two-time CUSA defensive player of the year. Um, I think he's fifth all time in career sacks and it's double history. So just crazy production. Um, he was surprisingly good against the run the senior bowl. So I think that he's going to be another, a day three steal where so he's going to end up being like an every down player that is like def- just defies all odds. Uh, yeah. Uh, for me, <laughs> I think where NFL like draft Twitter and draft media is on this guy, I'm in line with, I think in terms of where the NFL is going to be, I am against, and that is George Karloftis. Oh, okay. Oh, I think, okay. So we're in agreement. I think, (laughs) yes, no, I think he is going to go later than he should by, by a significant amount. I think where people have him is about right. Somewhere around that 20 ish. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Late teens, 20, somewhere in there. But I think he's, I think he might fall out. I, I know I did a mock, had him in the first round, like pretty early, but like, oh man, I, from the sound of it, he might be falling out of the first round completely. And I just don't understand that. Like if we're, if we're out here drafting guys like Boye Mafe ahead of him, <laughs> Arnold Epiquette, like, yeah, what is. are we doing at that yeah. point? I just, someone explained that to me man he should not be going behind those guys if you want to have them as like edge if you want to have them even as edge six if you say ojabo is better than him it and it's just a health thing with ojabo that's fine mm-hmm. but there is no way any of these other guys should be going ahead of him yeah completely agree Love um, also did you see it uh i think pff posted his chipotle order today yeah yeah triple steak double L- rice i believe double rice light light cheese, light cheese. Oh man, you, Number you one love overall. to see it. You love to see it. <laughs> love that. <laughs> I, I'm a chicken guy myself, but uh, it's a nervous bird. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> listen, if you're getting triple of anything, you got to respect fair, it. That's fair. Uh, but uh, another guy, Drake Jackson. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, 
he wasn't great last year, but you go back, man, as a freshman, this guy was dominant when he was playing at like an actual good weight until USC's coaching staff decided to ruin that. Um, yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that going around to that program with that staff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a reason they're all gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, honestly, like this is a guy who I think he can be a steal on day two. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, just, I totally agree. I really like his, bend especially at that size like he could when he was even 270 he could still bend at 270 yeah he's he's one of the few there aren't many in this class that like are true around the edge benders and that that's a rare ability that just not many people have in general yeah uh, guy i like a lot Mm -hmm. there so uh moving on to linebackers who who do you have i I mean i can't believe i have to say this but like devin lloyd (laughs) like linebacker one and like he's gonna fall to the first round it seems like really him or nicobe dean like i love both of them and they neither of them could be first round picks which is i get that linebackers aren't as valuable but that's just absolutely insane to me like devin lloyd is like so smart so versatile and i get like versatility can sometimes be a death knell but man you just know he does everything super well uh can can rush the pass like i'm not saying I'm not saying he's going to be Micah Parsons, but he can rush the passer. He can drop. He has really good zone instincts. Uh, I think I think the tackling needs a little bit of work, which, you know, it's hard to say that develops, but I just really love his game. I mean, N'Kobe Dean is obviously, like, just insane player. Like, and I, I get the size concerns, but still just, just crazy that those guys might fall in the first round. Yeah, so I have two guys. Um, I I do agree. I th- uh, um, I'm, I'm a bit lower on Dean. I have, like, a early second grade on him but i mean early second grade that's probably going to be a top 32 player for me yeah uh but uh i am a bit lower on him but i agree with lloyd completely it's insane um leo chanel mm-hmm. man this is that's such a good linebacker he's my lb3 um i really like him just a big physical and can move for 250 pounds this is like the linebacker group is very underrated in my opinion, like the top five linebackers. We didn't end up doing an episode on them, but they're all very good players in my mind. Yeah. And Oh boy, you want to talk about being able to move at big weight. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, this is like my guy. One of those guys, I'm just driving the hype train. It's Troy Anderson out of Montana. Mm -hmm. You can't move like that. It is illegal. Um, Is not allowed. This guy is a he is an alien. I, there is no other way around it. And like, here's the thing: in in coverage, when you have him going back, he's good. He's played linebacker for what two years? Not even like one like year. The COVID year, and then this year, right? And I don't then, even think I don't even think he played linebacker during the COVID year. I think he was still on offense. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like you shouldn't be doing that with that little experience. Yeah. It's, I mean, we we're, we're both huge fans of him. I just looked up his RAS again, which it's a perfect 10, 10 for what 10. it's worth. Um, and all time he's uh, with, I can't do the, I'll do the right up quickly, but it, all time he's sandwiched between Jordan Davis and Edger and James, if you want some uh, historical context there and his, his comps are, uh, Von Miller, Luke Keekley, <laughs> Isaiah Simmons, Lorenzo Carter, and Bruce. Irvin. Yes, uh, eighth overall pick purely on athleticism and coverage skills. Isaiah Simmons, um, yeah. versus Troy Anderson, who's um, 
not quite as good coverage skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the, like, I think when you look at the athleticism, he's just as good. Yeah, he has the second highest RAS of all time, I assume behind Lorenzo Carter, who was, you know, two inches taller and 10 pounds heavier or something, <laughs> which yeah. is fair. But yeah, still like just just crazy. Like, again, does need to learn a little bit more how to play linebacker. But if the senior bowl is any indication, like he picks it up really quickly. Yeah, if you're a cover three team from it, Mike, let him sit in those uh, middle field zones, uh, mm-hmm. disrupting all your over routes. If you're not a cover three team, if you're playing quarters or cover two, uh, let him be a will or mm-hmm. let let him just be able to get out in space and be it back in zone coverage. Uh, I just think he's a fantastic, fantastic player. And I think he's fairly versatile enough to fit in any scheme. You just have to like, he has, he's not going to be a guy who can really be just a, he's not Nicobe Dean, right? Like no. he can't be that sort of role, but like, if you need a guy that can cover, he's, he's going to be a steal mm-hmm. uh, corner. Who's your guy. This is a guy who, just has gotten absolutely no hype talk whatsoever at any point in the process. And it's Martin Emerson from Mississippi state. Oh who, God, we have the same guy. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say, cause I had him as like a top five corner in the preseason uh, or early in the season when we were doing this and man, just I'd like some of the best zone instincts and zone coverage play that I've seen in a long time. Six, one, two, one. So got really good length, really good ball skills. Um, you know, probably maybe not the best if you just want to like have him like pure one-on-one man coverage against really speedy receivers. But if you're running like a zone heavy defense, like you can find a role for him and he's going to make a ton of plays. You, I love his game and I really think he's being underrated and not talked about enough in this class. Yeah, no, he he's, he's so good. If he ends up going where he's projected right now, day three steal. I'll throw out one more Uh, Alante Taylor from Tennessee, Uh, kind of a similar guy in terms of uh, what you want to use him with, but he Taylor also brings, he's an absolute dog in run defense. Like he wants to come up and absolutely wallop people, which is something you don't really see out of many corners. So he's another one of my guys. Uh, Moving on to safety here. um, Yeah. Well, I'll let you go first here. Um, uh, I guess I think we might be aligned here again, but actually we, well, we have a few guys that were, all, I have, that... I have three guys and they're all of them that we both know who they are. I just wrote all three of them down. Okay. So it's Lewis scene. It's Leon O'Neill and it's Cam Taylor Britt. Correct. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, and Cam Taylor Britt, like a lot of places have him as a corner, but my God, just move this guy to safety. That's I mean, I, I think like you could legitimately use him as like a, like he could be like a star player, like a mat, like play yes. that matchup role where you can yep. really do anything you want with him. So um, yeah, I mean, I'll start with scene. Uh, you know, if, if it weren't for Kyle Hamilton, who's my number one player in this class scene would be safety one does basically everything you want, except for, you know, be an Ed Reed, Earl Thomas style, single high defender and like a, pure man coverage, you know, safety, like everything else he's awesome at, you know, got good range, uh, loves to come downhill and hit has great instincts can cover tight ends. No problem. Really great zone instincts, just all around great play and a supreme athlete as well. Uh, yeah. So Lewis scene is obviously one of them. <laughs> yeah, no, Lewis scene is a guy who like in most 
safety glasses is safety one yeah it's absolutely. just that he gets stuck with a freak mm-hmm. yeah um but uh next guy is leon o'neill jr from texas a&m we talked a lot about him on here and mm-hmm. online um we are big fans i continue to say the cowboys should just draft him and prosper um <laughs> He is a perfect fit because especially what Dan Quinn is doing now where, you know, it's not strictly cover three because he'll mix in some man. And you know Mm -hmm. what the two things that Leon O'Neill can do cover three and man. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. He can only do those two things and that's all the Cowboys do. Yeah. Yeah. I like him a lot. Um, I think that the, te- like, like we said, uh, with, uh, Leo, I think you mentioned Leonie, like the testing was not great at A&M. Maybe that'll kind of get thrown out the window. Um, like I think his, his 40 was not great. Yeah. Cause yeah. his explosive, like his yes. jumps were fantastic. Yes. Yeah. I it's, he's just, I think he's really fun. I get that he misses some tackles. Um, so that, that is a bit of a problem, but yeah, I just really like his game. I think he's a, a whole heap of fun, um, you know, even if he doesn't miss, he does hit people with a lot of power. So that's, that's good to see. Um, you just kind of, you're playing with fire with him. Uh, and then Cam Taylor Britt, you know, we talked about him a little bit already, you know, super really good athlete, versatile player that can do a lot for you. Like, I think that he'll probably, I think, you, I think you really should start his, like he could have almost like a Charles Woodson career arc, obviously not as good, but like in terms of usage. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I just, these are the three guys that we have just been absolutely just the entire hype train on these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, like eh, Lewis seen had his fans, obviously, but we started the Cam Taylor Britt to safety. We started yeah. this. It is our movement. Leon O'Neill were the only ones on it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but, everybody else jumped off the bandwagon if there was anybody. Yeah. Yeah. After that testing, but like, these are our guys, and I, I think when we thought this segment, I think these were, these were the guys that came to mind first. Yeah, we definitely had to end with them. Um, one guy also that I think another person kind of like um, Martin Emerson that nobody's talking about, Brad Hawkins uh, out of Michigan. Okay, yeah, so I, I want to say something real quick. I released a uh, Browns uh, seven-round mock draft day on uh, Around the Block Network. Um, mm-hmm. I was perplexed when he was available in the seventh round on these simulators dude i don't get it like he has i mean i get that he's like pretty old but like he has good film and he can do a lot of stuff for like like he's playing like in the box linebacker he's playing like single high free safety and doing like everything pretty well so i think he's another guy that like is going to be a day three pick and he's going to be starting really quickly and going to be a really versatile chess piece so i'm i looked it up on the draft network real quick um our our safeties here that they have uh that we talked about first off they have a cam taylor brad corner 85 overall uh lewis seen is 35 overall that's far too low yep going down the list our next guy comes in at 216 leon o'neill jr god um and then brad hawkins at 340 criminal absolutely criminal i don't understand what we are doing here this is a actual like this is a nfl safety like yeah i mean i i just i i didn't know it so this is i'm just looking it up now i just looked up his res 7.65 ran a 45740 
37 inch vertical. His agilities weren't good, but they're like, they're not even terrible. They're just below average. Yeah. Like, and like, we're talking about the position that requires, which we're like, we're like athleticism matters the least. Like you need to not be bad, but like, if you're above average, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, most, like, most great safeties are like above average. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I just, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's when we're talking about this is safety is a mental position more so than anything else. These are guys that are there mentally, mm-hmm. but like, especially Hawkins, man, he has good instincts. Like I get some of the, I get some of the movement stuff isn't great, but like, these- I mean, like, yeah, I mean, just looking at his, I just looked, he has played over 2000 defensive snaps. <laughs> like, of course, he's like, he's played so much. He's started like a ton of games for Michigan. Like the guy just gets football. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Like a lot of these guys we're talking about are upperclassmen and they're older guys, but like, they're still good. Like at a certain point, the age doesn't matter if we're talking about the difference between a guy that like we have, there's guys on here that I don't think are NFL players. They're yeah, above above hawkins and like like they have verone mckinley over leon o'neill like is mckinley an yeah. nfl like, player think think of it this way that they, they were playing brad hawkins as a true free safety the, the of his snaps the plurality came at, at a true free safety single high that and they weren't playing daxton hill there they were comfortable with and granted maybe it's because they were really they thought highly of their corners but still like if you didn't think he could play free safety, you wouldn't be playing him back there by himself. Yeah, because you have a guy that might go first round that can play free safety. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I just, man, I don't get it. <laughs> nope. And uh, I just want to say, Dane Belton is above these oh, guys. Yeah. Dane Belton's oh. at 166 mm-hmm. overall. Um, Dane Belton didn't even really play safety for Iowa. Like technically yeah, he did. He was like, more like he was basically a linebacker. <laughs> yeah. But they can't list him as a linebacker because he's 205 pounds. Yeah. But like he played linebacker more or less. Like he is yeah. not a, he's not an actual safety. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I don't understand. Those are the guys where with the safeties, I think we have the biggest dis- discrepancy between like the guys we like and where the consensus is on them. But uh, that'll be it for us. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back recapping the draft here. But uh, until then, uh, let's get fired up.